From Alderaan. From Alderaan. To Zenla. To Zenla. To Zenla. And whatever's left of Krypton. We are broadcasting live from the largest ship. From the largest from ship. The largest ship in the galaxy. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Sanctuary One Radio. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. So, I mean, what vitamins you taking? Huh? I'm, 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 I'm taking a multivitamin. I mean, but but, but that's not enough, man. Are you getting enough vitamin D? You got you got to take the vitamin D or else you're not going to be able to absorb the rest of the vitamins. I mean, how much water are you drinking? Uh, probably not enough. No, definitely not enough. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you're not drinking enough of that water, then I mean, what are you going to what are you doing? Are you even part, working out, bro? Part of me. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. I'm sure that was very important. It looks important. You guys look important. This is fun. So I need to talk to uh, Glass. Not the object. Uh, I'm sorry. Who's that? Yes, if we could talk to Glass, please, that would be great. I don't know who that is. Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. He has an honorific. Yes, 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 he does. That I still adding a Mr. to Glass doesn't work. Which is what's his first name? Um, uh, Elijah. Elijah. He's in a wheelchair. Um, his bones go snippety. Elijah. Snap? Money. Elijah. M- Price. Price. Elijah Price. Price. He's in a wheelchair. His bones go snippety snappity. Look, visiting hours are over. You Snippy can't talk snappy. to this guy. Okay, visiting hours are over. You can't talk to this guy. Uh, what? Why? Why not? Why not? Well, let's start with the fact that he's catatonic. You can't even talk to him. Can we can we talk, talk at him? him? All right. So listen, our boss Thanos. Um, he uh, gathered all the Infinity Gems and he snapped his fingers and then like. of your world should be gone at this point. So, like, you know that time when everyone turned to dust and flew away? Um, So he did that, and it's kind of resting on our shoulders because we don't know where he is and people are asking questions. So we want to figure out where he is, and because in this universe, he is a comic book character, and Mr. Glass knows the most about comic books, you know, we figured he'd be able to tell us where he is. So let me get this straight. You're trying to tell me that some dude wiped out 50% of all life in the in the galaxy. Well, aren't you missing like a whole bunch of staff? Universe. U- universe, yes. But aren't you missing a whole bunch of staff? That's called vacation time. What are you what are you even talking about right now? So no, oh, I get it. So uh the orb that we got must have transported us through space and time, which would make sense if we're actually moving through space and time and instantaneously. So we've must have moved to a point where the snap hasn't propagated to this universe yet. Um, or it's in a place where this hasn't been affected because in an infinite number of universes and an infinite number of worlds would be an infinite number of Earths, which only had nobody disappear or a lot of people. It, it, look, it doesn't matter how many Earths or how many people or whatever the case may be. Visiting hours are done. You can't talk to this guy. And I don't even know who you guys are anyway. Do um, you have any form of identification? We're aliens. Again, we work for Thanos. Here's my Twitter handle. You think you think you're aliens uh i'm blue he's green there's a dude made of crystals uh, have you seen philadelphia when comic-con comes around well that doesn't mean is it comic-con look you can't talk to the guy okay could you just check for us tell him aliens are here to see him yeah this is a mental institution that's got to go over well all right stay right here i'll be right back do you think it's gonna take for a long time 
I think he's going to call the local authorities. Diamond! What? They said we can't talk to him because he's catatonic. I think that's a type of salad dressing. (laughs) I think it's a drink made out of cats. Even I don't know if those, either of, are, are either of those true. I, I I don't know either that or he's he's semi unconscious. All right, well, it's one of those three. At this point, we're waiting until he comes back. So, okay, what do you guys want to do? You would, uh, we could talk about stuff yeah, that we watch. We could do that, yeah, like that one movie last night. <laughs> like that one movie, <laughs> you know, the sad. one I'm talking about. <laughs> That's all we do. <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Pinky. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Try to take it over the world. This month we're talking about glass. Yes, glass. So glass uh, is a... Uh, I, I, I read it someplace and I kind of agreed with it the way that it was phrased. Um, it's not really like a, tr- uh, a, a... A threequel or whatever the triquel is to something like the sequel to a trilogy. Trilogy. Tr- well, I mean, like tril- It is a trilogy. I think they're calling it the East Rail One One Seven trilogy, but it's is that really what they're calling it? They're yeah. calling it the what? At least that's what Wikipedia the called 117 it. The One One Seven trilogy. The East Rail One One Seven. It's the, the the train that started all the events. Hey. Um, kind of like the Cornetto trilogy for uh, yeah yeah or yeah. the Cornetto saga, I guess yeah. for the other um, for the other ones, but. Uh, I don't really think of Split as a uh, sequel to Unbreakable. It's more like a story that was happening concurrently. In in the world. In the world. Like, that to me is like saying, like, Captain America is a sequel to Iron Man. We had our Captain America movie. We had our our Iron Man. Or uh, more appropriately, we had our Iron Man. We had our Hulk. And now we have our Avengers. Yeah. And this is, this is, I guess, it'd be like if you had a Captain America movie and then, or a Thor movie and then a Loki movie. And then, or maybe even a Captain America movie and a Loki movie, and just put them in a movie together. Yeah, I mean it's they're they're two distinctly separate storylines that are happening that mm-hmm. just happen to be in the same universe, yeah. mm-hmm. and then gotcha. they came together, a la Avengers. Yes. So for the, for uh, those for the of you who are not aware, the first movie was Unbreakable mm-hmm. in two thousand one um, uh, with Bruce Willie. <laughs> just whipping out his willy got my bruce willy bruce willy bruce willy big willy style willy uh but uh, which a, a mild-mannered man finds out that he is unbreakable yes uh, i can now lift 350 pounds i must be a superhero i must be a superhero <laughs> to be fair uh, I know he was like, I kind of lift weights, but if he'd never lift weights above like 150, which I guess was kind of the insinuation. He said his maximum his... was was 200. Yeah, but that, again, that was back when he was playing football and like exercise. And we're assuming either he had casually lifted weights or because, I mean, he has a weight set. So we're assuming he, yeah, he lifted yeah. weights. And then he goes, uh, how much he says to Joseph, how much was that? And Joseph says all of it. And then they put paint cans on there and he goes, I'd estimate. There's about 350 pounds on that bar right now. Yeah. You know, therefore he's a superhero. So, I mean, that and getting visions, probably. The visions is probably part of it. 
that like, and did he, did he no see one... dead people? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, turns out that's also part of this universe, and that's wait, his really? Super, that's the kid's superpowers. He sees, oh, he sees dead people. Oh shit, right? son, that would be true, right? I could we could do that. Wow. We're not going to. But then it would and, mean Bruce Willis is a he's leading a double life as a father of a completely a separate family. It's <laughs> it's just like oh you know, I guess they kind of explained away the only other person that was in all the movies, and that was um, M Night Shyamalan. Um, M. Night Shyamalan, and they were just like, Hey, he was the dude who got frisked at the for drugs at the stadium yeah. for drugs, and then he apparently turned his life around, positive thinking, and, and uh, became the IT guy for a tenant building. For or, or yeah, I guess he was yeah. the IT for a tenant building, yeah, that the old lady was a part of in Split, right? Anyway, uh, then we move on to then we move on to Split. Uh, 2016, the movie that uh, James McAvoy both worked out his shoulders and flexed his shoulders on when he carried it all the oh way to popularity. There's a lot of flexing going on, uh, even more so in, in glass. But <laughs> I think I think they're like, you're the beast now. So just flex a whole bunch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we want you to flex in the frigid colds of Philadelphia. <laughs> the. um. <laughs> The the stuff they had him doing with his neck, I was like, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. He had to get shredded yeah. to do that. Oh, so yeah. well, it's funny because I I Them feel traps. Like, so I'm thinking right of here. I'm thinking of him trapezes. As, uh, that's not the actual as muscle. Xavier, right? I'm sorry. And I'm thinking him in other roles. And um, I always <coughs> go back to wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, what? Well, here's, here's the thing mouth. is, I Don't feel like he portrays an older character in in the X Men. And yeah. he looks and feels younger in Split. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of his personalities is nine, so that this probably helps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if he's running around being... I associate era. him from what I've seen him in and all the films I've seen him in. I associate him very much with Patricia. Like, oh, just the my way God, yeah. He acts. Yeah. He's very Patricia. But anyway. uh, what, what, uh, one thing we, we did talk about, or I, I did mention previously, is... Um, Split is 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 built like a horror movie, uh, but does have random like comedic bits in it. Yes, and like with Hedgewig, where he, he does the kiss and etc. etc. And then he says, "You might be pregnant." Yeah, like, and, he, and he loves. It's Kanye an odd West, film. It like, it, it fiddles well, around with Drake. different. Uh, and now he likes Drake. Yes. Yeah, it fiddles around with different tones, uh, which I think just works really well for for mm-hmm. that film and for that character who suffers from uh, DID. And I think I think it heightens the tension, though, because you never, you know, if you were a person in that situation, mm-hmm. you would never know what is going to happen next. See, I think that was the case with Split. Yes. I don't know if that was the case with Glass. No, well, they were controlling. There was less change. Yeah, yeah, there was the less um, unpredictability in yeah. his character. Yeah, uh, in, in, in Glass. The, in, in Glass. Uh, well, in Split, he had three people making up the horde, or three identities. Alters, making up the horde. Three altars. Um, so and now there are Patricia, ten. Uh, Patricia, Dennis, and Hedwig, and and, 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 uh, and then to begin split, there are ten. There are ten total. Come over to their way of thinking. Um, and you get to meet more of them. Yeah, which is, meet a which large is amount. Super cool. Probably one of my favorite ones was like, I am Professor I Japanese Cinema. I am Professor Finch. I am an expert in Japanese cinema, specifically from 1960 to 1980. And I do not know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, so we get to glass. In which uh, uh, I want to I, I start real quick with uh, a question. It's a different question than what I was thinking about originally, which is what is it about this film in particular? Because we went into the theater, 
Glass shows up on the screen. We see uh, Split's character for the first time. This movie has had less, has had two movies establish three characters. Yeah. What what is the what was the appeal about this universe to you prior to prior to the movie beginning? What was it about these characters that like, really brought you? That in? we knew that they were going to bring them together. I mean, um, well, part of it is is sometimes it's nice to return to a movie you like, right? And to you want to see how characters have evolved or have changed. More so for me, for 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 Bruce Willis's character and for um, and. Uh, you know, uh, his son's character and uh, Elijah Price, uh, more so that than, than say, um, James McAvoy, cause it's more recent. Uh, but you want to see how they've evolved. It's been so many years. You want to see where they're at now. What, what have changed that, that really kind of like, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Um, and then also <laughs> there is the want to see how they react to these new elements, these new obstacles being put in front of them. Yeah. Uh, for me, I honestly could never have come back to Unbreakable and I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't need Split to tie into it. Um, the, that he decided to do that. That's cool. I mean, it's your creative decision. Yeah. But I was never like, I was never, I never was like, hey, I, I need to know what happened to David Dunn. I was like, no, I, I assumed he continued to fight crime quietly. And, you know, I, lift robin right upstairs easily <laughs> and tell her that he has bad dreams hey like, i got I, you it's gonna i'm be all okay. about that uh split like i was okay with split as a movie just being split and then they were like oh hey it's david dunn at the end of the movie cool um i think the one thing i wanted more of and we'll go into it later i didn't get which is you've introduced a world where superheroes can exist. Why are they the only three? Where's the fucking superheroes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of answered it, but I wanted that. Not an answer for why there's not. You want to know where they were, not where they weren't. Or well, why we know, they well, weren't. Well, you know they were. You know yeah. where they are. Mm-hmm. You just don't know why they're not there, <laughs> why they're right. not we, noticeable, why they're we, not. We know they're superheroes. That's a thing. Well, David, that, David Dunn is is a metahuman. We know that metahumans can exist. And then in Split, they introduced me to another metahuman. And I was like, OK, I'm all about this. But that means there's more of them. Well, and then Glass is going to be like, here's more fucking superheroes. And they were like, nope, we have an answer for that. But you're not going to like it. <laughs> well, let's get into it then, because at this point, let's let's we're talk beating about. Around the bush. Yeah, we're let's, beating let's, we're let's, beating around the proverbial bush. Everyone kind of gets the gist of the narrative uh, because the trailers pretty much put that together, which is there are uh, three individuals who are caught by a doctor uh, uh, and brought to a psychiatric hospital uh, in the hopes to be rehabilitated for their seemingly. Uh, delusions of grandeur that they are superheroes. That is, of course, David Dunn, and that is, Elijah Price, and, and we talked Kevin about that. Wendell we kind of had a problem. She said superheroes so many times, um, but only one of them could possibly be seen as a superhero. Correct. Split is arguably a villain, or, or the or, beast, or the horde, or whatever is arguably an anti-hero villain. Like he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. <laughs> 
but he eats people like he's 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 almost literally the venom of that universe yeah pretty much yeah um he even speaks in plurals yeah 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 yeah, he does right or out like out of body like he talks about could you imagine if james mcavoy was venom that would have probably been so much better uh (laughs) i could imagine if the venom movie was split yes and that probably would have been better than the venom movie that i got but whatever (laughs) you never know maybe you never never know and then Um, uh what else there there was um but yeah so ultimately this leads to two tensions in the film Mm-hmm. The first tension is this, uh, in my opinion, very good, very toned down performance for Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and this bubbling fucking killed those eye twitches. Yeah, man. Oh God, he did yeah. nothing for the first hour of the movie. And it was good. Uh, and it, it was, was great. Really good. <laughs> it was so good. And this building animosity between uh, the beast and. And the overseer. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time that, they that, like that moment when the doors were closing for their. That's one of my favorite cells, scenes of the movie is they when look they look, they see that they're right across the hall from one another, and like uh, Bruce Willis gets out of the chair, and uh, and he says and, he's like you you've got a, you've got guards on him right, and then you see the beast say the same thing like you've got guards on him right because more out of fear than anything else because they've never encountered anything. Like well, that. Uh, Patricia almost seems reverent. Of him. Right, yeah. Like, I knew there were more. I knew there had to be more. Mm-hmm. But I think they're trying to figure out whether or not he has DID. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Like, okay. they're trying to figure out if he's superhuman because of the same reason they are. That they are. And if they because were, there's they, no real evidence. And if they were, they'd probably be more accepting of him. Right. Well, I think they're trying to, like, the entire thing is they're saying, like, look what we can do. Look what we are. Look what this does. And if there's another. Yeah. That reinforces their belief. Belief, and it was all about belief for for, for his for, character. For, for the horde, yeah. For the horde, it was all about belief and questioning that belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's talk about his character real quick because I uh, th- there were the horde originally consisted of three. It then consisted of ten, but arguably the other seven didn't matter. I, the, the uh, other saw Jade tried to trick somebody one time, but yeah. I think it was it was a plot contrivance to show that whatever the beast was doing was turning personality. Yeah. Was you turning saw, personality, and you saw Barry uh, come out a little. Barry bit. came out a little bit. Um, uh, th- those every time the light flashed and he changed was um, was awesome. Correct. Yes, that was an amazing scene. Um, yeah. But so it leads to uh, the three core characters uh, for for split right. You have Hedwig, who's caught in the middle. He's the one who can seemingly take the light. And give it to anyone. And else. give it to anyone. But he's kind of caught in the middle. Patricia, who her belief is strengthened and then weakened. All in the same film. Yep. Uh, she she takes a huge character arc in this movie. And then Dennis who goes from kind of the doer of the group, right? He's the one who kind of put everything together. They sent he, him to do they things. They sent him to yeah. do the work. Like he was kind of the at the action-oriented individual who then all of a sudden reveals uh, Kevin's story to the doctor. He says, I knew I shouldn't have... I knew I shouldn't have trusted Patricia. I knew I shouldn't have Which, uh, and, and this gone is, into and the, the whole. The interesting part is, if you go back to Split, he the, the personality of Dennis 
liked to watch young girls na- like dance Correct. naked, right? And he knew it was wrong. Right. That assumes that there's some sort of morality there's Some sort of, like, and internal so, compass with so this character. So when he goes, you know, how many people have to die this time? You know, like, he's starting to question. He's genuinely he questioning. He has a morality, whereas Hedwig is young and he kind of knows that stuff is bad, but he's still in that frame of mind where... But the grown-ups say it's okay. I mean, they even bring that up at one point. They're like, and you do what Patricia says because you're supposed to do what grown-ups say. And he goes, Correct. Duh. Duh. <laughs> um, Patricia's is the most interesting one. Like, she she calls, uh, um, the doctor calls, uh, call Patricia, what does she call it? The, the patriarch? The matriarch of the of the oh I'm Patricia the matriarch of the horde yeah. like the and she and she takes pride she takes pride in that yeah it's very interesting the way that character is written we get a lot more motivation from the beast in terms of its belief system I which I thought really, was interesting that's a really interesting uh, thing that Sarah Paulson's character did uh, where she says you're kind of the matriarch and made her take pride in it. And then she, you know, immediately like she started, brought her back, started down. to break her down again. You know, there's that moment where, you know, she's clapping, says you like as You've far as really, really broken, broken him, him down, down, haven't you? And yeah. then she goes, oh, and she focuses her attention on Patricia. And then Patricia's like, uh, well, the, uh, that scene and we could talk about the other characters and kind of where they are. That scene uh, is a relatively contentious one for us as a group. Because the purpose of that scene is Sarah Paulson's character to reveal to both the audience and the characters and question their abilities with fact. Quote, let me rephrase, with quote unquote fact. With like uh, MRIs. Correct. David Dunn's character, we could talk about him for a moment, who we are under the assumption has been the overseer for the last 16 years. His son Joseph is like, this Alfred who's on the radio with him telling him where to go, you know, he, he's the Jeremy Irons of overseers. Uh, you're going to want to go through the, the third floor, you know, like, uh, and so. I'm taking the liberty of moving the bat, the bat plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, she presents to him this MRI that says, hey, your frontal lobe is inflamed. The frontal lobe, of course, uh, is one of the areas that is easily affected when damaged that could lead to delusions of grandeur and things of that nature. That you didn't actually leave the train accident unscathed. Uh, she then uh, compares, and you have a good grasp on on what was said, this idea that uh, she breaks down his his ability to see visions uh, by saying um, no, it's it's because you're a mentalist. Basically, like uh, those those guys that can look at someone and then intuit things about them very quickly. Um, and you're just really, really good at it. This right. leads like, to another belief system that I want to get to afterwards. But go ahead. Um, that we talked about earlier. But it's it's like the study of like micro expressions. Like there's an entire science behind it. Like what they can do. Um, if you've ever seen the show The Mentalist, that's basically what yeah. this guy does. An exaggerated form of it and yeah. a little little bit weird. But yeah, something along that line. So like there's – she says like you're one of the best. You're probably one of the best. You're able to intuit things about people very quickly. And I was like, okay. Sure. I guess. <laughs> I guess. And then she doesn't even bother with glasses. She pulls out the – uh, 
She, yeah, well, yeah, she, there's this awesome scene where you immediately know she's looking at glass because the camera's like all lopsided yeah. and she just like peeks into the frame and she's like, I don't agree with this way of doing things. I don't uh, like what they've done. I don't to like you. what they've done to you. Uh, but she doesn't even address him uh, as a whole. But the scene is contentious because she attempts to break down all of these different things. Uh, she says, oh, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, but have, can't you see what the beast can do? Well, I mean, amazing rock climbers have proven that they can grasp onto the tiniest ledges to do things. I think that was the um, hardest scene to convince the audience. It's that, a tough scene to convince true. the audience. Because I, I think all of us were like, um, no. Well, I mean, think about it. It's <laughs> either a swing and a hit or a swing and a miss. Yeah. The MRI was like, it's a hit for me, but because I know she's a bad guy, this could potentially be a lie. So <laughs> fine. Then she goes, look at uh, look at uh, the clothes that he was wearing earlier. It's got red clay. You had mentioned that there was red clay on this thing and this thing. And, and then I was like, okay, you've caught my attention. Uh, she, uh, the ones that I actually believe the most were when Patricia says... Uh, well, the beast was shot. How do you suppose he survived that? She goes, we ran tests on the shotgun. Uh, the it shotgun was old. was old and the shells were filled with moisture and they were, were also were old. Compromised, yeah. And you were shot in between bars. She goes, uh, well, how do you explain those bars? And she goes, I took a wrench and put them in between the bars and I bent them myself. It was hard. Yeah, but it was doable, but it was doable. So like those those things were the moment where I was like, hmm, okay, interesting. Hmm. Could this be true? Not that I believe it's true, because then you don't have a movie at that point. Uh, that was one of the points where I said, like, you said that you that you were like, oh, okay, well maybe, and I was like, you're the audience. Like, I mean, you're, you're I have the benefit of being able to be having the ability to suspend my disbelief when I want to. Yes. Right. You're you're Bruce Willis in that scene. Yes. Basically, like you're absorbing the same information he is and then being like, well, if they can convince me the viewer when I know she's wrong, maybe maybe they have convinced him. My my biggest problem with that scene is there's a there's a line where she get where he goes, what have you done? That's like impressive. He goes, well, I lifted a lot of weights one yes yeah. and i was like okay you've done more than that well so i went back well, so and I we watched went back and we watched it and this was my point when we were oh, talking okay. after he, the film he doesn't do anything physically impressive in that movie except for lifting the weights he gets True. into the fight with the dude who kidnaps the people and the dude and throws he, him around like and he bangs. hard throws him around like he's sh like he's they're breaking drywall they're breaking parts of the house like he's he's not doing it lightly so but you could you could say maybe, maybe. like adrenaline maybe you not remember the pain Whatever. or yeah, something yeah I was but like, the okay. only thing he does is the weightlifting scene um yes and and visions and visions but the thing that gets me about like where they're they're like oh that's the only thing you've done and I was like in from 2001 to 2019, yeah, yeah, 18 years, <laughs> and you never were just like, what's the limit of my ability? Yeah, or even at the beginning of the movie where they fall a few stories out of a window and he, they get both get up like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not doubting that. I mean, I'm saying I mean, technically, if you landed right and your adrenaline was carrying you, you yeah, might not. Be I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think we as the audience know this is all bullshit. Yeah. But the evidence that she was presenting, I was hoping she she would like 
there's a moment that we said it last night where I wanted Susan Paulson's character to be a little, a little more sinister, not in a dangerous sense, but in a sense where like she knew where more. she not even that she knew more. But we said it. Uh, we said it when we left the theater. I wanted that scene where she would present the MRI and go, no, like you, your visions are a part of the damage done to your brain and your ability to pinpoint very small things. Well, what about my strength? What exactly have you done to merit your strength? You can bench press 350 pounds. People can bench press more than that, Mm -hmm. more than double your weight. They can do this. They can do this. And then what I wanted to do was, According to your according to your report, your visions are based on touch. Grab my hand. Yeah, yeah. Right. I just want take that my scene. hand. Yeah, confront him with it. Then because have her, then then have him back off. Have him back off because then, as the audience, you're not relying on me to be tricked on what he's saying. You're relying on me to trust that Bruce Willis, that David Dunn, is believing the doubts. Yeah, because then I'm with him. Then I'm like, if he touches her and nothing happens. Now, mind you, doesn't always. We know what happens at the end. Yeah. But in that scene, if he would have backed off, I would have been like, oh, he believes it now. Yeah. And that's a much different feeling than asking the audience whether or not they believe it. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to get them to suspend their disbelief long enough for that to work. Um and this, of course, like the first two acts of this film are phenomenal. They're yes. like really well paced, really well done. Part, I really the enjoyed the first two parts. The moment Sam Jackson kind of like clicks in, I was like, OK, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Right. They put him in this machine, like this digital lobotomy machine uh, under the belief that that they've lobotomized him. And then turns out that's not the case. Nope. Uh, my man's been playing him the whole time. Uh, breaks out uh, 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 the beast under this belief system that he is going to blow up this new tower in the middle of Philadelphia. Uh, the Osaka Tower. The Osaka Tower. I'm going to blow it up. Uh, David Dunn, you have one of two choices. You can either stay in that room or you can get out and stop me. Uh, you have never fought in 16 years to your uh, to your full potential. full potential. And now I have something that will force you to fight against your full potential. So what are you going to do? David Dunn leaves uh, and we reach this weird climax of the film. And this is where the film takes an odd turn. Yep. Uh, we've had our relationships with kind of the external family members, Joseph and and uh, and um, uh, Anna Taylor Joy's character. Right. And uh, Elijah Price's mother is also in the film. So we've had like these relationships with these characters and we we get to the third act. And this is where reveals just come left and right. Like it's 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 nonstop how quickly they come through. Uh, we learned that uh, Elijah Price's character is not lobotomized. Nope. Yep. Uh, tricked his way out of that. Tricked his way out of that. Uh, we learned. <laughs> I'm sorry. Him spinning around in his wheelchair. Yeah. We learned oh, that it was is. all like he, he was just tricking people left and right. It was all a ruse. Uh, what else did we learn? Uh, I'm trying to think of it in order of what happened. Uh, we learn that uh, Elijah hacks the cameras somehow. Uh, somehow, uh, we don't exactly know what he, he did. He did quick hacker type. He did we quick hacker type. Click, 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 click. Hatch. Uh, hacker man. We uh, we are under the uh, uh, around this time. The doctor contacts the three family members and brings them all to the same place, which was interesting. 
uh, we uh, there's then a fight sequence between um, the, uh, the beast and uh, the overseer uh, being seen by all the police are set to arrive. Um, Glass is kind of talking, monologuing as the villain. He's got this dope purple suit. It uh, looks really cool. Uh, and then there's this uh, second reveal where Joseph shows up and he goes, hey, um, uh, uh, he's not telling you everything. And there's this dope line from Sam Jackson's character where he goes, no, don't tell him. This. Don't tell him this now, please. <laughs> Um, where it's revealed that Kevin's father was on uh, East Rail 177, the original train uh, that, that created David Dunn. That created David Dunn, or that created the Overseer, essentially, where David Dunn revealed that he had powers. His father did not survive, which of course led to um, uh, the the uh, uh, the horde coming to existence. Uh, Kevin creating these personalities or these personalities manifesting themselves based on his mother's uh, abuse of him. Yep. Um, that leads to a really disgusting scene where uh, <laughs> the beast takes Elijah's sh- like shoulder blade oh. and like pushes it down into his chest. And this really like gruesome scene uh, and then punching him in the stomach, obviously cracking all of his ribs on one side. Um, and Elijah's just bleeding out this whole time. Uh, uh, the beast then throws, uh, the overseer into the, this giant water tank, right? That they were using to suppress him within, that they were using to suppress him in his, in his cell. cell. Uh, and there's a, 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 uh, there's this belief that maybe he's going to drown. He breaks out of the, the, uh, water tank and gets thrown out onto the grass, uh, in a very weakened state, in a very weakened state. Yes. Uh, and that is when, (laughs) (laughs) that is when, um, Anna Taylor joy has this, this emotional moment where she brings Kevin out, uh, to the forefront. And she says she tries to convince uh, Kevin that he can hold the light, uh, that it is possible for him to do so. And he does. And he does. At the very end. He does. Until he gets shot. <laughs> right, right in the tummy. <laughs> right in, like, the stomach. It's right oh. in the mommy daddy button. Uh, and uh, uh, he uh, is now bleeding on the ground, uh, going through like different personalities who are, are experiencing their own deaths. Uh, and Kevin comes out at the end, uh, right before his death. So Elijah <laughs> is bleeding on the ground. Uh, the, uh, the beast Kevin is bleeding on the ground and the overseer is choking to death <laughs> in a, uh, in, in like a puddle. Uh, what you then learn and this is where we get into the spicy part of the film is that the person who snu- who shot the overseer or who shot the beast and the two SWAT members who reveal are drowning the overseer in a puddle are all part of this weird organization. Uh, they all share the same tattoo, a clover on their Known like forearm for, for area. <laughs> we don't really know. We don't the know doctor the has is. it as well. Um, and uh, uh, spoilers, all three of the main characters die in this scene. Yep. Uh, the beast dies. 
uh, Mr. Glass dies and uh, David Dunn. All dead. Dies. All dead um, at the end of the scene. I still like, and I really think uh, the description is apt because that's what I've been using with a lot of people is the reveal for this organization is like if you were watching uh, Winter Soldier and the Hydra reveal was at the very end of the movie and you had never heard of Hydra before. The best way I heard it described because we were talking about this earlier is Jeff, imagine, or uh, side, secret identities. No. no. Um, so, side, imagine for a moment that Winter Soldier, you did not get First Avenger. You only got Winter Soldier. Yeah. And with 20 minutes left in Winter Soldier, Hydra is revealed. <laughs> Captain America dies. And then the movie is done. <laughs> well, no, but the fun bit is, no, you, you got your first Avenger. The first Avenger is unbreakable. And you got and you got your Iron Man movie, but he didn't fight Hydra in that movie. He fought right, somebody. But he else. fought something else. But like you got your you got your you got your first Avenger. It just had nothing to do with. It the had nothing to plot. do with Hydra. And then Hydra's in the second movie for the last twenty minutes. But they're not like we hate the we hate the world Hydra. <laughs> like we want to control the world. It's a really odd feel. We specifically dislike Captain America. So, uh, please, that's our job. Educate me on who this organization is and what their uh, thesis statement, what their motivation is. So apparently this organization is a 10,000 like they mentioned thousands of years, like 10,000 years or something like that, like thousands year old uh, organization whose entire mandate is to either convince metahumans that they are crazy. Yep, that they aren't metahumans. And to basically lobotomize them, surgically lobotomize them so that they're no longer a problem, or to kill them. So, And killing is a last resort. Killing, killing apparently is a last resort. See, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily, was it a last resort for all of them or just for her? She said in her speech to them, we've agreed, we, we've this, agreed that this is not the way we wanted things to go. And that killing is yeah, right. she a said, last resort. I've, I've started this process. We've all agreed. It's the most mundane way thing to do. Um, like this is how we agreed to do this. We don't need um, a martyr. We don't need, we don't need victims and we don't need martyrs or something along that lines. But she does mention martyrs. Yeah. Um, so the organization is under the belief system that they will not kill unless there is no other option, alternative yeah. or option. Um, and <laughs> this is a very odd third act. Because so you think, oh, the bad guys got away with it. And then you find out Glass was a real smart dude. Well, that was the thing, like... My biggest problem with the reveal was uh, I think part of it was influenced by everyone saying you're like the twist at the end of it's so left field. You're, it's really weird. And as soon as the film opens up and it's David Dunn versus the beast and then suddenly the police interject and she yells out, David, stop. And I was like, how the, does oh, she know oh, his oh, name? This bitch shady. That's what I mean. Like it's. This chick's shady. Because his son mentions the police are looking for you, and if the police knew that David Dunn was the overseer, they would have. They would have. Yeah, they would have found him. He. It's not like he changed his name. It's not like he went into a secret hiding thing. I'm like, okay, cool. 
whatever. My man owns a business in the middle of Fishtown. Like, what? <laughs> what the f- this is so easy to find this guy. Right? So I was like, okay, whatever. That's that's whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, that, the, the plant just, it was so easy for me to say, okay, she's the bad guy. Yes. Like, it's, it, if she knew stuff the police didn't, uh, otherwise he would have already been, they would have been looking for David Dunn. And it's yeah. not, yeah. again, they, he wasn't hiding, he was David Dunn, he was just good at hiding, he was good at never getting caught. Yeah. Um, because he didn't seek out, he didn't have a rhyme or a reason or a pattern. He would just bump into someone, Go patrol, see a crime... Yeah. And go solve it, which was smart. That's a good way of doing it. No yeah. predictable patterns. No, yeah. No going after a certain type of victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see a crime that you can you stop, stop the crime. You stop it. Um, or you revenge the victims, like the dude with the camera. Yeah. Um, uh, which was a little bit weird in my again out of character. Superman punch. Well, he hunted them down. And then beat out of them yeah. when they weren't directly a threat to anyone in that moment. This is true. Um, but who knows? He's had... S- 16 years. To, 18 to years. 18 years to do it. 17, 18 years. Because 2001 to, 19, uh, to 2019. Wow. Um, time. It flies. And <laughs> Is it 2019? Because it's only three weeks after Split. Oh, yeah, that's true. It would be 2016, so it would be 16 years. It would be 16 years. 15, 16 years, yeah. Because they mentioned it's three weeks after after, after the split. original abduction yeah. at the Philadelphia Zoo. No, you got it right. It's not set in 2019. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Glass's plot for a moment. Yeah. Uh, or Glass's plan. Mr. Glasses? Yes. Are you under the <laughs> assumption that Mr. Glass knew of the existence of the organization? I think he was aware of something that I was think, suppressing I it. I think because he had the same thought that we all did was, where are the freaking superheroes? Right, why we can't... There's a line in the movie where they're trying to prove that he's not special, and he goes, why are there only three of us? <clears throat> we can't... Like, why are we the only three? And I would have liked something, and again, it would have been a little handed, heavy-handed, heavy-handed, but I would maybe like something or an insinuation to just be like, who says we're the only three? And then yeah. you could have a flashback scene because he likes those where someone goes where he's like Mr. Glass talking to his mom or something. And she's, she's just like, um, the only reason we wouldn't know about them is if something is hiding them mm-hmm. or killing yeah. them. Like maybe it's a con- childhood conversation with his mom. Where he's just like, I think superheroes are weird. And it's like, well, where are all the superheroes, honey? And it's like, well, someone's obviously killing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or suppressing them somehow. Yeah. I would have liked something along those lines. Yeah. For that. Because otherwise the plot's just completely out of left field mm-hmm. yeah. for the reveal part of it. Just because they're like... and. They're like, hey, just so you know, we all have clover tattoos, so you can tell all of us because we've done nothing to insinuate what, who, or what a member of this group looks like at all before, yeah. right now, ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's like uh, everyone else from that organization was pretty much faceless. It was just uh, random individuals. Yep. We don't really know who they are, or 
what positions they hold. We normally. I know. also don't know their their meeting the, agenda. Like they, yeah, they wait, like to meet in restaurants. They wait for the one person <clears throat> who isn't a member of their group to leave, and then suddenly they're like, "Okay, they're gone. We can all break the facade now." <laughs> and they stop acting like normal people and start acting like mannequins. <laughs> it's very uh, like it sounds odd, but it's very Illuminati. Like yes, very Illuminati. It's very Illuminati. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of uh, what they were doing. And maybe going that's for, but. maybe. But I mean, glasses, glass. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to fall into play to place in order for glasses plan to work. For the most part, it seemed to have worked pretty, not seamlessly, but. <laughs> I, he got what he wanted out of it. And yeah. I think. And they made a martyr. Like they. they that was his plan. I think uh, David Dunn is the martyr. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, he martyred himself, but no one's going to give a shit about Mr. Glass. What they're going to mm. give a crap about is a guy who was very polarizing in the community. Who people like, were like, yeah, he's cool. If, right. And then to watch him get drowned by a police officer. Yeah. Because of the things he could do. He's he's the martyr yep. in that situation. Or at least that's the way I took it. And um, then... Because they said, I'm interested to get your take on the symmetry of what was stated. The doctor says in that meeting, we do not want victims or martyrs. Do, to some extent, you see Kevin as a victim Uh, of the situation? Yeah, because they could have just kept him in a prison. Well, I mean, if, if, if David is the martyr, could you see Kevin as the victim? And Glass is the one who... Glass is the mastermind. Glass is the mastermind who shapes all of this. Uh, I guess you could say he's kind of like the... Um, Kevin? Kevin is the victim. The Beast isn't a victim. Well, yeah. But yes, Kevin but, is a victim in this. Yeah. Like, and that's how and that's how if they spin that, that footage right, how they'll portray it. It was like, he is unwell mentally, but look what he can do. Yeah. And because of the trauma he experienced when he was a kid, that's why he did the the shit he did. But you probably would, too, if there was a personality in your head that was just like, I'm super fucking strong and I want to murder people. Yeah. Yeah. And because of you getting beat as a kid, you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Are you okay with the film presenting the ending very heavy for the audience to interpret their own post film outcome. Oh, like how it goes. Yes. I'm okay with it to a degree. I mean, I feel like M night likes to do that a lot though. Like he'll just put an ending out there and then it's up to you to decide where that goes. Like the village. Did they go back? Did they come out of the woods? Did anyone actually watch the movie? <laughs> Sadly, I did. Um, but I mean, the framing it is what could be. I, it does kind of go against what Unbreakable was, though, because Unbreakable was very clear to say David Dunn turned in Elijah and Elijah went to a criminal institution. Yeah. If that had been the end of Unbreakable, it would have been the end of the it would have been the end of his story. Yeah, there's no. There wasn't anything else until, I mean, I guess there might have been comic books or something, but I don't remember seeing any of those. Yeah. Until 
split when you saw him at the end at the diner at the end of the yeah. movie. Yep. I was like, okay. Um, but the but this is like the end. Of, this is closure. This is uh, glass uh, uploads this footage to the to the family members and says. Uh, the, we are we are being suppressed. There are more of us out there in the world. What exactly uh, they need to see who we were. Good, bad, and different. Good, People bad, and different are being suppressed. Yeah. Yes. What? Well, but we have one instance of this. Like it's a lot. It's a lot to conjecture that above and beyond that. Like once more people start coming forward, and I think that's a great way of doing it. But. Well, I think when you look at it, if you look at it, though, the way Glass's mother would look at it is that my boy has always been smart. He's always known kind of things. I'm going to believe that. Well, that's that's one of his last lines in the movie is like, like, I I was special. Like, I was not. I was a special one. Yeah, I was not just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's why the film tries to position Glass as a supervillain. Uh, given his intellect, uh, this this solidifying his place within the trio as I I do belong. I am I am a part of this. I created both of you. I created Wah-ha-ha. both of you. Mwah-ha-ha-ha. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the ending, it's an odd it's an odd situation uh, um, because I don't really know. It tries to be. I think it tries to create a dialogue and a conversation without the responsibility of giving you enough ammunition to have that conversation. Yeah. So, uh, it we, just, kind of, we kind of talked about it earlier and this is the way, uh, I've been phrasing my, my final, my, my la- later opinions on that movie, yeah. which is there's a conversation an unbreakable one between Robin Wright and, uh, Bruce Willis. And they're talking about why their relationship isn't working. Yes. And she just goes, what is it? And he goes, something's missing. She goes, do you resent us? Do you resent like the life you had to lead because of us? And he goes, no, it's just something's missing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking about this movie and I'm like, do I resent the time I spent in the movie theater? No, no, no. no I, I thought it was OK, but I'm coming out of something's the movie. Missing. Something's missing. <laughs> like I'm having this conversation with the movie. Like I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, glass. <laughs> but something's missing. The movie's like, do you resent me? Do you resent the time you had to spend in the theater and I'm in like, the no, unbreakable no, no, no. universe. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's just something is missing. Like, and f- for me, it, like part of it was as a giant comic book fan, I wanted to like, if they're going to be like, yeah, universe of superheroes exists. Show me. I want to see that in that instance. Then are you okay with glasses explanation of superheroes in a realistic and grounded world? Well, that's, I appreciated that. I think there's a little bit of an unrealistic thing that happens with um, uh, David Dunn's ability. Like the mentalist ability seems a little bit less grounded in reality, but who knows? Could be like reading synaptic responses that are quoted to people's brains as sins. But that means like he could touch somebody and as long as they didn't feel bad about it, he would never see it. Like they have to, they have to recognize that what they're doing is some form of guilt. Right. For him to be able to pick up on that in some way, shape or form, unless he really is just psychic or something like being able to to see events that haven't happened or will happen at some point. Who knows? They don't explain it because it's not important enough to the story. Um, 
because <laughs> you're not going to see it long enough. <laughs> but I, I, they, Glass in the first movie was very clear to say, um, all, all of the weird comic book bullshit isn't truth. Like, but I believe they're a holdover from a style of storytelling based on things that could be true. Um, like the Egyptians had their hieroglyphics. I would have liked it if he, if he said the Greeks had their myths. Yeah. Right. Um, just to tie this all kind of together to the fact that this has been happening for a while. Um, but I did find it interesting thinking about when they were saying like, yeah, they've done it for like 10,000 years. And they were like, yeah, the Egyptians wrote on the walls mm-hmm. talking about people with powers. And I yeah. was like, okay, cool. I'm okay with that. And I like that. They're both like, you have limits. You're not, you're not unbreakable. You're just really, really hard to break because like my bones don't break all the time, which means they're not so breakable. They always break. (laughs) They're just breaking most of the time. Your bones just break almost none of the time. Yeah. Um, and you can drown. I do like, they were like, they're polar opposites, but we both react the same to water. Yeah. Um, the, the attempts to explain away how this is happening, like when the organization is just like, there's always two of you. Yeah. One rises and the other one rises to, to go against them. And I was like, well, that means there should be a split rival. Mm-hmm. Like there should be somebody that's the polar opposite of split. That's also a super hero. A super hero? A super hero. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I mean, I guess that's a long-winded way to say I don't. I I liked the what they tried to do as far as grounding the characters in some level yeah. of believability. My and if they had done that with other ones, like if they just shown so, like if somebody had like two like half a story jumped for joy when they saw the video, yeah, and then everyone around them's like, what? Yeah, like yeah. I just I don't even want it to be overt. I just want it to be subtle and in the background. Like I just you've told me there are superheroes in this universe. I saw one. Yeah. You said, okay, okay, or sorry, there's metahumans in this universe. Okay, cool, I've seen three. Yeah. Do you know how many of those I saw in the first <laughs> X-Men movie? Too many. Too many. How many I saw in X3? Way too many. Way too many. But I've had three movies, and I've still only seen three. Um, An average of one per movie. There is one scene <laughs> that we universally disliked, uh, and that was uh the scene in which uh the family kind of congregates together to talk to the doctor uh and they are talking about comic books and uh, superman's original ability and the doctor seemingly uh she does react with a little bit of pushback saying uh you know they're deluded they have a like really doubling down on on their mental health and we all left the theater and we all said, why, why is this movie, other than the fact that Unbreakable was so heavy into it, why is this movie obsessing over comic books? Yeah. Why? Why does it keep putting comic books at the forefront? And she like and the, the honest no, reality. There's that whole line, have you ever been to a comic convention? Yeah. So then she, she has that line and there was a little bit of laughter in the theater. And then we thought about it. After we left the theater and we were like, why didn't she say that? That's right. 
that's I just wanted a line that's like you just, like, did you know did you know Superman's original uh in the original uh Superman comic he couldn't even fly and then she and, goes she goes why are you talking about comic books well you know that like, should yeah. have been her her reaction which yeah. is why do you keep bringing up comic books why why not like there are so many good examples Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde it's pretty Sherlock much dissociative identity disorder yeah like he is the beast that is a story about a dude with multiple personalities, and one of which is super is strong and aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes able to intuit massive amount of details about a person at a glance. Mm-hmm. What he's basically like, like he's basic, he's like very much like David Dunn. Yeah, and then you have Moriarty, Moriarty which is basically Mr. Glass. Yeah, it's like this super, has already been done yeah, before. Not, not super unheard of. Hercules know? is David Dunn. Yeah. He's unbreakable. And then the, what did early humans do? He's Rode the son. Him. He's got to be the son of a god. Yeah. Like there's so many cool ways that tie into that 10,000 years, that thousand years. Like there's lines um, that I, I think they could have gone into. And it was like. I believe in delusions of grandeur, and yes, everyone's obsessed with being a superhero, but this goes so much farther back than that. There's the uh, the Victorian-era legends of people with abilities like the Invisible Man and uh, Dr. Jekyll and even early mytho- mythological depictions of, well, say, Hercules look, look or something. At, look, look at the Bible. You've got Samson. You've got, you know, yeah. Goliath. You know, like come on like that's that's my thing is i think i would have i would have rather rather than the doctor be pitted against the three of them had the doctor pit against glass in terms of their belief system yeah where glass says comic book i believe comic books are an alternative form of storytelling uh about real world instances and for her to go why do you think this is the only thing why, why do you think this ends at comic books? Why do you think this ends at comic books? Yeah, yeah. Or begins with comic books. And I think, you know, and that's where we missed out on a lot of part of the, the first part of the movie where Glass was just incommunicado because, yeah. you know. Because he was in a catatonic state. It's he was just faking like, a catatonic state. Yeah, he's yeah. faking a catatonic Like, I wish that there was, and that's when I, earlier when I say that sinister element I wanted a little more of that when they were when she was sitting down with the family and they brought up the comic books. She's just like, why? Why are you? Why do you think it begins with comic books? It doesn't. Yeah. I, right, Sherlock I Holmes. Need, I need a and she's bit just more. listing out all of these myths it because then when the so review comes around and she says, we're an organization that's been around for 10,000 years. Then you go. Then you oh. go. Wait a second. Sherlock Holmes. Did you kill Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Or is Sherlock Holmes a metahuman? And this organization essentially turned him into a story. Yeah, right? right. What better what like, better way to get rid of something like that that happens than to turn them into a well, fantasy? Yeah. Right. Get them hooked on drugs. You get them hooked on drugs. You call you them crazy. Them, and you just let them ride out into mediocrity. Yeah. Until they're turned into myths and stories for future Conan, generations. Conan to, Doyle found out about it, knew about it, or like... Or, or um, maybe knew him in a way that the one of the three characters. Well, I know uh, knew, Glass uh, insinuates that it's some kind of like vestigial memory yeah. that we have. Like we just know these things exist. We just don't know we know it. 
Yeah. And that and gets so, translates like, in whatever meat, like it gets translated into comic books. And I think like a con- deeper conversation in this movie would have been like com- comic books is probably the most popular in today's era. Yeah. But, what was popular yeah. in a previous era? There's options. Yeah. You had TV at one point or another. You had radio at one point or it's, another. You had the written word. You had books. You had that, hieroglyphics. Pulp, you had, pulp fi- you know, pulp novels yeah. uh, back in the day. You know? That that scene, I'm not the biggest fan of. The my biggest problem is still like you. You came away from liking that scene where they're talking about. Where they're what? Like uh, where they're she's trying to convince them that they're not metahumans. I it, I didn't. I didn't love the scene. I loved the attempt at a movie trying trying to convince the audience that this was not real. Because uh-huh. when you're watching it, like I said earlier, you as the viewer have the ability to suspend your disbelief or not. It is up to the film to present the case and have you react to that. So if I am David Dunn, my only issue with the film is that David Dunn didn't look like he didn't believe it. If David Dunn looked like he didn't believe it, I would then go, well, if he doesn't believe it, then maybe it makes the scene more interesting when the character's sitting there. That's why the split one is so good, because this puts Patricia's belief system into question. I know it's false because it's not a very interesting movie if it's false. Yeah, yeah. But it's a much more interesting scene to watch the characters question it. And then I can get into that cart and ride that roller coaster. Yeah, um, and I think of so, their journey. So, and some of it was that, like, some of it was. But that the, but that scene Bruce has Willis a lot of issues. Was super yes. stoic the whole time. I, but I mean, he might be just acting the script he's been given. He is, and my well, he's playing Bruce Willis. It was almost too like to it was almost too guy. stoic to figure out how he felt about certain things. Yeah, he would just squint a little bit, and you're like, is he? Is he considering it or is he maybe he can't see her? Well, the, the fun <laughs> bit was that is very much him from the first movie, though. There, yeah. It is. Scene, don't get me wrong. There's like, a scene it's, like it, it's beautifully shot where Robin Wright is coming to him and just being like, look, I I just want to let you know I, I'm I was, available. Right, like, and, but there's that point where she just goes like, uh, I need to know it's not going to change anything. It's not going to hurt my feelings one way or another. But have you been with anybody since we split up? And Jesus is like, I just want to know it is not going to change. She starts like breaking down and you see him just standing there taking it and not reacting. Like he doesn't say a thing through all of that. Well, and then he says no. And then she loses it. Right. But, but that's, but he goes, no, so that's what I mean. Like that's, that's super like that, like, that character, ter- character, the, characteristic shape it's almost too stoic to like really um and it's not really until the end because they flash back to the one scene where uh uh when they're going through the different flashes of the different characters uh and it shows bruce willis at the table with his son when he puts the newspaper in front of him, he tells him to shush and they're both like emotional that's like the most you saw out of that right was that scene so um the there's so many flashbacks there were the re- the the scene where she's trying to convince them that they're not superheroes the mri piece i was like okay cool that could be doctored but whatever maybe it's true maybe it's true maybe it is related to the disorder my biggest problem though was when they were like well what have you done that makes you think you're unbreakable and the only thing he has to come up with is that, was yeah. i lifted weights and yeah. i was like really you're not going to mention the catastrophic crash that you were in with your girlfriend that you ripped a car door off 
and then was like, I rescued my girlfriend and I sprained my ankle or whatever he said to get out of being a yeah. football player anymore. And I was like, okay, let's not count that. Okay. Oh, you were in a crash where everyone died and you didn't get a single scratch. Okay, let's ignore that. A physical scratch, yes. There, her explanation was she was hoping that the because she says it in the film when she shows up in the MRI, she says, uh, "You didn't leave that crash undamaged, like you didn't leave it uninjured externally." Yeah, yeah. externally right. you, had, you, you left you had brain injured, damage, but, but you had your brain bones, but your bones were unbreakable. But and he never said that he couldn't sustain damage. He just said his bones were unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like his skin is almost not impervious. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but the. The thing that gets me most about that scene is then he's like, I lifted weights and I went back and I watched Unbreakable and that's true. He doesn't really do anything more physically impressive than lift the weights. My biggest problem, though, is in 15 years of being a vigilante, yeah. he never he's, tested he that. He's never tested the limits of his ability for Unbreakable to have an answer <laughs> to, to have the an question. answer like his son is obsessed with comic books and that his dad is a superhero. What is and, it, and I believe this actually happens when you have a character like that around a metahuman. What's the first thing they're going to do? Hit you with a baseball bat. They're going to test your ability level. <laughs> like they're going to be like, OK, at what point can we puncture your skin? Literally, I think that's a scene that we've seen in, in a com- upcoming movie in Shazam. Yeah. Where they where actually. Yeah, but that's why Shazam's going to suck. I'm, I'm bulletproof. You know, like. <laughs> and I'm not saying like he should take out a gun and shoot him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But that was part of the that was part of the scene in the original film. Oh, right. And that was something that almost happened there. And we don't know. Maybe that would have hurt him. We don't know what level of his puncturability is. But if he had taken a mallet to his dad's hand and just been like, OK, I got a wham, bruise. Wham, 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 you know, like and, well, as we saw, he fell out of a store to two story window and didn't. We're also him. assuming he's still f- I'm assuming he still feels pain. Well, when you, when he breaks out of the the cell, he's like you, holding you his you arm, see him holding his arm like that. So I don't know what that meant. But then he just goes and he starts tackling yeah, the one guy. Yeah. So I, obviously he can feel it, but it's not like we feel and it. The, it and um, the, when he was lifting all that weight, it didn't seem like it was pleasant for him. Right. It was physically exhausting, but it wasn't. It didn't. It was one of those ones like I always took it as the Wolverine thing. Like Wolverine can bench press a lot of weight because his bones are made of metal made of metal and they won't break yes um but the but it probably puts a strain on his that's the tissue. that's the one that completely pulls me out of it yeah because yeah. i'm just like no i i love the callback to the original movie but you're telling me in 14 years of being a metahuman he never once did anything more physically impressive than lifting 350 pounds and it but it but and at no point was he hit with something that would have implied that he was or someone shot at him or tried right. to stab him or, you know. And then the same thing goes with the beast. There's the point with the beast where they're like, he's like, well, I got shot with a, a, a shotgun. And they're like, well, yeah, but it was it was it was an old shotgun. And, you still, and you still and, got hurt. And yeah. the and the bullets hit mostly hit the bars. Yeah. And I was like, OK, fine. What about the time whatever when they when um, she tried to stab him? Right. My, that was my problem. Broke. And the knife and the knife shatters against his skin. But we but we know that. But so should he. Well, yeah, but that's what I meant. Like, that's his response. Like, OK, there was the shotgun. I got stabbed and the knife shattered. That's. That's that's where Patricia just goes. But is that is that more of a correlation? Like who stabbed you? And There's does, no one else to corroborate and, and, and that. Does pr- Patricia actually even know that. 
Yeah. Is she able to remember because what the beast sees? They don't carry over memories from one yeah. another, or did do the they? Beast to, and does the beast even I mean, they talk, talk to her? Well, well, does the beast talk to her? Yeah. Does Patricia know that there was a stabbing? And like, we, we have no idea and how beast, that, that beast situation. They might not even have realized. They, seem to, carry, they yeah. seem to convey information to one another. Yeah. Because so, well, they, they said previously in Split that they all <laughs> see each other around a table, but the beast has never been there. Before he was revealed. Before he was revealed. Uh, okay, okay. So, like, because we don't know if the beast, like, we don't know if the beast would have said to Patricia, to the, hey, to I was stabbed. And the knife didn't function. Like, we have, we don't know because if that communication end, Because at the end of the movie, happened. at the end of Split, they're like, oh, wow, it didn't go through. It didn't go through. Yes. It's it's true. It's real. Like, they were more impressed by the shotgun than, than the knife stab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the most impressive thing that happened to him. Like there's yeah. one thing with a knife, but I mean, like we watched that knife shatter and it's, it's just one of those, like they, like, we've seen events that make, that we know make them <laughs> metahuman. And then to go into a scene and then try to convince me as the viewer that it could possibly not be the case. I just, yeah, I did. I didn't have the buy-in for that. It's a tough time. To, to but that's, that's already a tough task to, to attempt to accomplish. Like it's, that's a really ballsy thing to try to do. Uh, is no, to try to convince the audience that the movie you're watching is not real. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, or it's also the, a very dangerous thing to do. Three movies in. Yeah. yeah. That three movies in, you're going to look at the audience and go, none of this is real. Unbreakable one. It's all fabricated. That. You're making it up in your own head. The The goal of what you want is for the audience to go, yo, what if, what if it's not real? Because the moment you ask the question, what if, you as a director have kind of won. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the moment someone in the audience goes, oh, what if it, you what if this isn't it. real? Then you've won. Done deal. You're like, you're, uh, rejoice. <laughs> you've won. Um, you are a child of Thanos. Yeah. But long story short, uh, uh, that was like, I'm glad that we reviewed it this way because that's how it felt watching it. Yeah. It's like super disjointed. Yeah. Uh, all over the place. It's all over the place. I, I the love, first two like, acts I th- are really I th- I good. Think we, the, are, are we still settled on kind of our? Uh, if you had to sixty-five, I think is is the is the six, sweet spot. Sixty to sixty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. right. I'm right in there. And uh, Unbreakable for me is like a ninety. Split is like a 70, 75, <laughs> 75. And this to me is somewhere between sixty and sixty-five. But it's yeah. right around in there. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of agreed on like six point five out of ten. Yeah. Yes. So. Six six point five. Yeah. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Yeah. Did will I go see it in theaters again? No. 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 no, no. Uh, will I go out of my way to watch it when it's on video? Probably. Maybe, not. Maybe but it depends on if I've seen scenes. Unbreakable or Split in a while. Yeah. Right, right. Which is like, probably the best way I could word it. I don't know. Like, it's, and it's really tough for me because I was invested in David Dunn. Like, I really liked Unbreakable. I liked that character. And then to just be like, okay, we're going to drown him in a puddle because of of Clover, because of the Clover Society. (laughs) I'm guessing they're led by the guy who runs the Lucky Charms. Can I ask you a question, though? Would you be be much more intrigued in this world if this was like a Cloverfield movie? (laughs) So that was what the Clover was? Yeah. It's a Clover... No, because the Cloverfield movies are not related to one another other than the fact that there's something Clover related. If this was an anthology series, would you be intrigued? If it was separate stories? Yeah, I would be more. And I'm interested to see because they are talking about doing more anthology movies and I'm interested to see how that goes. But they clearly set this up as being correct. A cohesive uh, time like 
Well, with the Split was its own series story, like, which is like I, I was fine with Split. Like when Split was like we're set in the same universe, but we're separate, and then they brought them together. And I kind of wish they had just started telling a different story, different stories set in the same universe. And we've already heard that he's not planning on doing that anyway. Yeah, he's so. like I'm done with I'm done at the moment. I'm done with this universe with the right to change my mind whenever I want. Yeah, how how interesting would that be to tell stories in the same universe? the same movie universe but have them not connected whatsoever I th- but you the, the viewer knows they're in the same universe. i think not doing another film in this universe is somewhat unfair to the viewer yeah they just introduced a massive organization that's been covering up metahumans for ten thousand years and then said bye yeah. like smoke bombed the out of there like yeah. batman and was just like Gordon's just standing there being we've like, released batman go we've we've released when he does that we've released this video to the world one of two things will happen. People will watch it and will be blown away that superheroes exist. But there are none. There's only three of them. Uh, or, or they're going to be like, yeah, there's that's, a sh- ton that's, of them. That's a sh- that's some cool CGI, man. Right. Well, the thing that we the thing that we said, uh, like if, if I'm interpreting uh, the like the future of this film is that these superheroes would would take the fight to the organization. In yeah. a typical superhero film, that's what would happen. Yeah. Uh, superheroes would be like, "Oh, I'm not alone and let me fight this organization." And- uh, I think I think one thing one thing you uh, comparison you made that was fairly good comparison was uh, to the Matrix trilogy. Yes. Uh, uh, even at the end, at the end of the first Matrix, it's kind of like the end of this movie. Right? Uh well, the comparison that we made was the first film is really good. Yeah. The second film is okay. It's all right. Uh, a little confusing, a little all over the place, but it's not bad. The, th- the third film takes gumption to make because you're going to make a film that you want to make and it that a majority gum- of people uh, be, are not going to enjoy the ending. Sometimes too. gumption to get through. Yeah. Watch. Uh, to get to the end of a film that you know a majority of your community is not going to like. Yeah. It, like I said, it takes balls to make a movie you know no one's going to like the ending, too. Yeah. Just because it was the way that made sense for the thing you were setting up. Yeah. My only the thing... The problem is... <laughs> my problem was is that that ending had 20 minutes of twenty minutes of setup. Yeah. And The Matrix had three movies of setup to get you to that same point. Yep. So, yeah. long story short, uh, if you've seen Unbreakable and you've seen Split... Uh, go see glass. It's 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 nice closure in some instances, but uh, the third act might rub you the wrong way, depending on where you stand. If you have not seen Unbreakable or Split, no need to see glass at all. Like I wouldn't even if I had not seen the first two, I wouldn't have had a, a fucking clue what's going on. This movie did nothing, in my opinion, for people who had not seen Unbreakable or Split. Yeah, I agree with that. Like there's no. I don't I like the only real scenes that mattered were like David Dunn specific scenes like uh, it realized that his wife died of cancer. Yeah. Uh, the Elijah scene when he's in the um, uh, when he's in the ride and he fucking puts like giant teddy bears next to him and then those slide off and he like breaks his arms and like, OK, we get the gist. He's got a terrible condition. Right. And this was a really, really bad. And idea. This was a really, really bad idea. Uh, and then for Kevin, it was just flashes to like his dad leaving and then him getting abused with an iron, like, an iron threatened. and a hanger and a hanger like or was that in the- that was it split. That but was- the iron was his mother walking up the stairs with an iron that was being steamed. I don't know if she's walking with an extension cord or what, but like <laughs> whatever. 
blah, blah, blah. What did I tell you? Kevin Wendell Crumb. Yeah. Right? Just uh, long story short, if you haven't seen the first two movies, I really wouldn't bother going to see this one. If you have seen the first two movies, go ahead. There, go ahead. Not, there, nothing, nothing really is good or bad about yeah, going. Was, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. It, I was going to say, it's not going to pay off in the ways you, you, you may want. But it's going to pay off in the ways that M. Night Shyamalan wants, and he's the director, and he can do what he wants. It's his um, movie. He, does, it, he does what he, he wants. He does what he wants. Uh, we left the theater, simply put, and I said to someone earlier today, what is the one non-emotional, non-resonating way that I can respond to this film in terms of what I got? And the best way I could describe it was, well, hey, what would you think of the film? It was fine. It was all right. It was fine. Eh. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Meh. Yeah. Eh, yeah. That's like literally. Just, I, I, yeah. uh, uh, it was fine. A few people have asked me how it was. It was okay. It was all right. It was I all right. Did, I did like a uh, couple people the same. They're like, hey, how'd you like the movie? I'm like, I thought I was okay. And like, it was fine. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, I think like the last third of it gets a little bit weird. They're like, I know. And I'm like, okay, good. All right. Good. I'm not. All right. Wrong. I really don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was fine. It was okay. It was okay. It was all right. It was fine. It was fine. Fine. Um, uh, I do find it funny that uh, for most part, a lot of people are in agreement with this one, whereas the last movie we did with Aquaman huh. was very divisive. Yes. What do you mean? Like a lot of people really liked Aquaman, and then you had a lot of people that didn't, didn't like, like Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, this I thought movie, you meant there were people that didn't like that the way we talked about Aquaman. No, 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 no. no. Just, uh, uh, just us three not liking Aquaman. <coughs> And then a lot of people that we know liking Aquaman and then them being uh, I just find that conversation. This one was a lot of people liked this movie for two thirds of it. Correct. And then or what was it? The Harry Potter movie where everyone was pretty much on board until like the last 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes. And then it just went off the rails. Uh, best way you said it. Uh, you said it last night, which was um, a Shyamalan enthusiast have every reason to defend this movie. And they're going to. And they're going to. And they're going to. to. Yeah, they're yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess we could say business as usual. Slight improvement, but for the most part, business as usual for, for a Shyamalan movie. Yep. Uh, Just going to keep trucking along. In either instance, that's going to be it for us. Uh, so joining go, us for go another. See, yeah, go see. Go see it. Don't see it. We don't. We don't. I, we have nothing. Whatever, it was okay. whatever it was right. you want to do yeah, whatever with you your do. time. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. Yeah, it was go fine. to the damn movies. Yeah, it was, I mean, you can go. It's fine. I don't really know what else you would see right now. <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns. I heard that movie is. The- uh, a lot of people said it was absolutely fantastic. Really, I like Emily Blunt. So yeah, so really I like everybody stuff. in that. So yeah, um, same boat. Uh, next week, you guys are going to be getting the uh, the. Um, the February planning meeting, which we're going to have a lot of fun with. Yes. We are going to be sitting down. Our buddy. Um, uh, Panda. Doc? Oh, Dr. yeah. Panda? Pandas. Pandas coming back. Yes. Uh, our. I gave him a reading list. <laughs> our resident. <laughs> uh, what was he? He was the HR psychologist. No, he was he was doing our medical. Evals. Oh, he was doing our yeah. medical. Evals. Where we, yeah. where we found we, out, we I was mostly out. parasite. You were mostly parasitic. <laughs> we're so. not sure where the parasite ends and he begins. And he begins. Or so. he begins in there. Like, and the parasite, the parasite ends. Begins and um, begins. But yeah, so Pando will be back uh, next month uh, because we are going to be uh, something exciting. I'll let the I'll let the planning meeting 
yeah. get into it. Uh, but remember, you can follow the show. Um, uh, just uh, follow us here on on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and third party podcast apps at Sanctuary One Radio. Uh, you can follow each of us individually uh, at Diamond Jab at well at Diamond Jab at Props Prophecy at Sideburns. They can't see you gesture. Uh, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so when you gesture, when you corrected your no, gesture, no, no. the gesture was for me. Okay, I'm just making it was sure. not for them. The I'm gesture was sure for me. You were like, oh, I screwed that up. It's, <laughs> it's like. Do you know who cares in this room? They they don't no, know no, any no. different, but it's really late over <laughs> here for us. Yeah. Um, uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Sanctuary One Radio, Twitter uh, at Sanctuary One Radio. Um, Smash that like. Uh, button. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. We'd love to get your guys' insight and email the show Sanctuary One Radio at Gmail. Send us your questions. Yes, please. We will be able to answer your questions we, in we, our mailbag session. We uh, want to answer things. We want to answer things. Uh, that's going to be it for us. That's uh, for myself, for props, for some. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Doodles. See ya.